When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, Sweet 16 edition. How about them bylaws? Goodbye, beard. It's no shave march. I knew it was coming, so I waited. Uh, with you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And I don't know how you couldn't know at this point, but Purdue, of course, in the Sweet 16 after defeating Texas, 81-71. to 71. So Purdue will face the St. Peter's Peacocks on Friday, March 25th. It's a good name. It is a very good name. Fun to say. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about that win over Texas, and then we're going to take a break and look ahead and make predictions about that Sweet 16 game against St. Peter's, who is the Cinderella of the tournament. So I guess in this scenario, we are the evil stepmother. We. And I guess. What what did I write before the you tournament? You did. I was going to bring that up. You you I wrote mean, an article that, you know, we needed to be the villain in order to maybe succeed in this tournament. And if we're going to if we're going to get to the at least to the to the elite 8, we've got to knock Cinderella off her pedestal and happily break, be the bad guy. Break that glass slipper over her head. So, uh we'll get that we'll get to that in the second half, but Casey, you were obviously you were at this game again. Um uh, it was a it was a nerve wracking game from start to finish. No. Purdue led for I mean the vast majority of it, including a ridiculous twenty to nothing run there in the first half. Um, but Texas never really went away. Um, you know they took a lead even in the second half, and it, it just was never really comfortable. 
but also Purdue was seemingly in control for most of it. I mean, or is my assessment right on that, or do you feel differently about it? Uh, I I think the first five minutes were scary. Very. Because they came out and punched us in the mouth hard, doing both what we expected them to do and what they're good at, and also making jump shots. Mm-hmm. And if they were going to beat us, that was how they were going to do it. They were going to force turnovers. We had five in the first um, handful of minutes. They made like three or four tough threes to start. Um, it looked like Aaron, Andrew Jones and Marcus Carr were both going to have it going. So so it was definitely nerve-wracking. But, it, and throw that in with Trey and Zach both catching fouls early, mm-hmm. which was somewhat of a theme because Trey was in foul trouble. Edie was in foul trouble. Coach Painter played Trey with three fouls. Yeah. And it worked out. I don't think he yeah, I, ever I picked he, up his fourth. No, no. They both ended up with three, but I thought Painter did a really good job of balancing the minutes to make sure that, you know, we didn't wind up in a spot where one of them just had to continuously play because someone fouled out or they were leery of getting their fifth. So I thought he handled uh, that pretty well. But it also helped that Trevion Williams had probably Ooh. his best game in about, I don't know, two months. That might be his best game. Oh, you mean like ever? Yeah, because, I mean, you get to add that it was a tournament game. Like, you mm-hmm. you get that added weight. Yeah, he was 10 of, of 13. Was a higher. 10 of 13. I mean, he was literally our entire offense in the first half. Yeah, and they weren't it's, they weren't easy shots either. No, they're, they are. That is a skilled big man going to work. He had four turnovers. You don't love that. I, I guess that's just what we get from him now on, no matter what. It's three to four turnovers every game, but... When you're 10 to 13 from the field and you draw that many fouls and you're just that consistent inside, I think the thing we're learning and the thing that this game with Texas really was really highlighted for me is that out of compared to a lot of these tournament teams, our floor is so high because of Trevion Williams and Zach Eady. Yeah. Because they can only there's only so much variance to being the best guy in the post. All your shots are at the rim. Uh, rebounding is one of the stickier, more consistent stats there are. If you're good at rebounding, it's very unusual you have an off night on the glass. True, true. It's hard to really take that away. Right. And you can't imagine that your effort's going to go down in these tournament games. So Right, you hope not. You hope not. <laughs> like something's wrong if that happens. Edie, I mean, he played 15 minutes and had a double-double again. Wasn't yeah, his I'll best let, uh... game. Uh, he took 12 free throws. Right. Didn't make a single one of those. He's probably got to be up there with the most no. and ones in the in the nation, right? Oh, oh, sorry. So to be clear, he took 12 free throws, made oh, seven. Sorry. Yeah, he didn't make any of his any of his field goal attempts while getting fouled. There were no yes. and ones in that. Yes, yes. <laughs> For yeah, a sorry. second, I was like, hold on. He he didn't make a single and one, which is unusual because every time he's shooting, he's shooting from the rim. Right. So sometimes down. Yeah, but he drew seven fouls and he was the second best center for us. Mm-hmm. This is what we dreamed of. This is what we had at the beginning of the season. Hey, when we weren't playing Big Ten teams. And this is what we've had now when we're not right. playing Big Ten teams again. It's amazing how that yeah, works. It is. It is. And I mean, to to go more to the point of uh, how difficult that first half was, Jaden Ivey, I don't believe, made a field goal in the first half. Um, he, he got a couple free throws, so I know that he scored in the first half, but didn't make a field goal in the first half, uh, wound up four of seven from the floor, 18 points, eight of nine at the line, two of four from three, including just an absolute dagger in the second half, um, that basically, I mean, put the game away. Uh, Purdue was only up three at that point, right? 
Correct. Up three. And uh, then, I believe it was 73 to 70. Yeah. And yeah, it was ISO with the shot clock winded down, top of the key. Ever knew what Ivy was going to do. He took as hard of a pound crossover dribble as you can. Oh, yeah. He was going to go. And Guy he, was on skates after that. He put him on skates and just stopped wide open. We've seen this now. Ivy might not be a good jump shooter for 39 minutes and 30 right. seconds in a game. In the games, though. When it's, when it's money time, he rises up with confidence, and that baby goes down. He and is a prime time player. PTP or baby. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, they showed the replay of that. I mean, I, I think I've watched it about a dozen, two dozen times now. And I mean, he knew it as soon as he took the shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was already backing up. His face was mean mugging already. And he was just like, I knew it. As soon as it left his hand, he knew it. Um, and I said this in the group chat and you disagreed with me, but I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns here. <laughs> I thought it was such a stupid shot at the time. No, no, listen, let's, let me, let me make my argument and then you can tear me down. So Purdue up three. At that point, really any bucket is what we need, even a free throw, because we just need to make it a two possession game. As you said, Ivy had the ball at the top of the key. He was ISOed. He really, in my opinion, would have had a higher percentage shot and a better chance if he would have just taken his man off the dribble because we saw how easily he could get that guy on skates like we just talked about. So if he could have done that, got to, gotten into the lane, taken a shot, he would have either made the shot or he would have gotten fouled, especially with the way Texas was playing defense, just hacking Purdue the entire game. Uh, and then that would have put him up. So as soon as he stepped back for that three, I was like, no, 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 no. And then it went in and I was like, excellent shot. Perfect decision, exactly what I would have called. Here's the problem. Every, all five Texas defenders were locked onto Ivy. They were waiting for him to take that dribble and drive in. He would have driven into a paint full of Longhorns. He would have had to either try to squeeze a shot inside to Travion Williams, potentially turning it over, or he would have tried, had to find someone in the corner. Uh, Sasha, once again, did not have it. If you leave your man like And at this point, we have seen Ivy hit these shots. He had two... The man was two steps behind after his crossover. He had all day to shoot. Shot clock's winding down. You know they're going to crash into the bane if you drive in there. You take that shot and you don't be scared because we're going to need you to hit another one too. So keep taking him. No, I mean, listen, I get it. He made the shot. He's got, you know... Uh, nerves of steel to After be able that to was take, take game, a shot like that. Take whatever jumper he wants. But, whatever jumper he wants. But I'm I'm sure Painter on the sideline was probably thinking the same thing I was. Was like, as soon as he launched, he's like, no, 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 no. All we need is a okay, good shot, good I shot. Don't, I don't think so. I will see. The thing is, I've heard Painter say basically that um, regarding an Ivy shot, or maybe it was it was when Edwards was here. Um, said something along the lines of, I didn't think it was a good shot, but you know, what do I know? I'm just the coach. After. What he said after the game is, with someone like Jaden Ivey, and sometimes out there, turns out plan B was your best option to begin with. Well, right. So, I mean, obviously that wasn't the, the well, play no, that was called. But, but, but you have to – you can't just stubbornly put your head down. No, and drop absolutely to not. So when absolutely your dude not. starts ice skating backwards, you rise up and you hit him with the thunder. <laughs> you certainly do have a way with words. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, Ivey obviously had a, had a great second half. Um, one of the biggest things about this game, of course, was the free throws. I mean, Purdue took 46 free throws, which is just outrageous. Uh, made 33 out of 46. And as you mentioned with Edie, missed so many front end of one and ones that they probably should have had, um, you know, 53 or 54 
free throw attempts if they would have made those and one or front end one and ones. And meanwhile, Texas only took 12 free throws, seven of 12. So, I mean, it's a huge disparity. And Texas fans were uh, quite upset about it after the game. And I understand because if the disparity, no, well, hold on, hold on. (laughs) If the disparity was the other way, if we were playing a team and they took 46 free throws and we took 12, the fan in me would be angry. However, if you take a step back, Texas was playing a defense that was so aggressive. I mean, they were pushing and hacking all over the floor and also Purdue much more likely to go inside than Texas was. So when you look at it as a whole, I don't think it was a huge, um, you know, it's not as if the, the refs were favoring one side or the other. It's just a different style of play on both ends of the court uh, that made it that way. But uh, I could understand as a Texas fan being upset at that. If you know, you just look at the box score and don't watch the game. Yeah, I guess. But like you said, this is, this is what Purdue does. They go inside and they attack with Ivy. They have three guys that are just made to draw fouls. Two of them are, you know, the best in the country. And also, we had they fouled on two threes to start the game. Right, they did, yeah. Like, just don't do that. Um, and Purdue, you know, we've harped on it all year. They play a defense where they are not going to give up free throws. And on the other end, you have Marcus Carr. He was driving in not to get to the rim. He was driving in to get a mid-range jumper. Right. And he got a couple free throws off that. But, yeah, they... Texas does not have the ball handlers Purdue does. They don't have the big men inside. They don't attack. And that's just how it happens. And too bad. So the only game that Purdue has played in recent memory uh, that comes to mind with this is when we played Oklahoma when they had Blake Blake Griffin. Griffin. So I happened to Google it while you were talking there. And you're not going to believe how many free throws Oklahoma took. 56. Nope. 46. The ah, exact- exactly. And you know how many they made? 33. 33. Got it. They made 33 <laughs> out of 46 in that game. Uh, Purdue, meanwhile, was four of five. Ooh. So uh, I remember being outraged at that game. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's it, – again, it was a little different because they did have, you know, the Griffins. What I hear drafted, is but... if you're a top five NBA draft pick, you're probably going to get to the free throw them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's we just got one of those guys. Bizarre that both of those games were thirty three of forty six from the free throw line, but that is. Uh, um, so I think one thing that, that we have not talked about yet was uh, the defense that Purdue played on Marcus Carr, uh, specifically the changes that Painter made when it became fairly apparent that Eric Hunter Jr. alone. Uh, was not going to be able to slow down or stop Marcus Carr. Uh, apparently, if you make Marcus Carr go to his left, he is much less efficient. Mm-hmm. So you saw Ethan Morton play 22 minutes, and a lot of those minutes he was guarding Marcus Carr and really did a great job of slowing him down. Um, and I thought it was just a brilliant move by by Painter and the coaching staff to do that because it really changed the complexion of what Texas was able to do on defense. And Morton had one of his best games too. I mean, eight points, two rebounds, two of three from three, two of three, two of two from three, and two for three at the free throw line. Um, two blocks and uh, just one turnover. So a great game out of Ethan Morton, and hopefully. Uh, that's something he can build on and continue to be a defensive stopper kind of as this tournament progresses as we head to uh, the game against St. Peter's. Yeah, the second game in a row where a point guard who is getting into the middle of the floor started making some shots, and we brought in the 6'6", Ethan Morton. 
in his size, determination, ability to move around screens, just completely shut down a shot maker. It is a revelation, something that we've been calling for most of the season. Yep. And I, I guess if you make it happen in the NCAA tournament, okay. I, it definitely seemed like Coach Boehner hit every right button when it came to rotation this game. Which is good because this is something that you've criticized him for, Correct. I mean, in the recent past. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking Big Ten tournament. Correct. Um, once again, Caleb first, really good minutes off the bench. Yeah. Only had to play nine, knocked down a huge corner three. Absolutely. His ability to be that big and still stretch the floor and play really good defense. Um, as long as he's not getting stuck on a smaller guy, really good defender, tries his ass off. And then you look at Trevion Williams and Ethan Morton both coming off the bench on a night where Sasha didn't have it again. Had yeah, four points. Again, uh, 0 for 4 from 3. 0, 0 for 4 from 3. No assist. Yeah. Was not involved in the offense. Ethan Morton got r- more run out of it. He was great, as we just said. And Trevion Williams, like we talked about at the beginning, that's 30 points between those two guys. And just even more of an impact than that because Morton was so good on the defensive end, moving the ball around, being ready to hit his shots. Just that is tremendous bench production for a team that already has an incredible starting five. So Mm -hmm. that's the recipe for success in March. And all of a sudden... Purdue's not playing bad defense. Right, right. I saw I saw somebody, um, it might have been in the athletic article that uh, Purdue, uh, somebody wrote about Purdue today, I think it was Seth Davis, that Purdue in Ken Palm was something like 111th or 116th in defense, and now they've risen all the way up to the mid-80s. We are so, 89th right now. They, they, okay, there you go, 89. So, I mean, not obviously where you want to be, but that's a hell of an ascension from where we were. Huge improvement. Huge improvement. And, I mean, you see it out there. We're contesting more balls. We're not losing our man. Our rotations are better. We're not getting so – we're not getting beat on every pick. We're not switching every pick anymore. Ethan Morton specifically allows you to do that because he's so long and he gets around screens so well that he's guarded the ball. Just – it's been a revelation. Yeah. I mean, the only only, uh, player I think we haven't mentioned really – uh, from at least from the starting lineup was Mason Gillis. Um, nothing really flashy stands out, but he grabbed seven rebounds, dished out two assists, uh, made one of two field goals. So two points, seven assists or seven rebounds, two assists. You know, that's a pretty good day for a guy who's in there kind of to do the dirty work um, and make the make the little play that you may maybe don't necessarily notice. Um, so I will take that from him. And I think uh, the only we've got Thompson and Newman, who we haven't mentioned Thompson, four minutes, one point. Uh, two rebounds in the, in those four minutes, which was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newman, Newman came in uh, one steal, no other no other statistics. But you know, it's good to at least see him get in there. Correct. So Purdue played ten guys in this game, and you know, as much as we may have a problem here or there with when somebody goes in or or how many minutes they get, I think it's good that we're able to get those ten guys out there, even to give some somebody a rest for a minute, two minutes at a time. Um, that can be huge as the game winds on and. Purdue finished the game very strong, and part of it could be that Painter was able to get 10 guys in um, and allow some of our uh, guys who were going to play more and more minutes to get a couple minutes of rest. Yeah, and most of them, I mean, Newman's minutes were all in the first half, I believe. Uh, Thompson's I think were that's right. mostly in the first half. So you close out with your strength, and that's definitely what you need. Um, I, I The buttons were pushed right. We scored 1.17 points of possession against a really good defense. Um we talk about Thompson. He was only brought in when Carr was off the floor. Right, which is smart. 
yeah, if you're going to insist on doing that, that's how you have to do it. So it's good to see that Painter is sharpening up his rotation, trusting Morton a little more. And it seems to be we're in a pretty good groove right now because, yeah, like you said, Gillis only played 20 minutes. A lot of that is because Texas had to go super small at the end. And right, we were playing yeah. Sasha and Morton together, which mm-hmm. makes sense because we need spacing, especially late in the game. And free throw shooters, too. And Although Gillis is a good free Gillis throw shooter. Gillis is a good session. free throw yeah. shooter, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, Gillis can definitely get lost a little bit on defense if he's got to play around the perimeter. Yeah. So it made sense that he would only play 20. And if first going to be this good, we don't yeah. need to stretch Gillis. No, no. His it's, jump shot's it's... not really been there in the tournament. And first is a bigger body. Yeah. And if and if first is picking up his game, you do feel more comfortable with Gillis kind of pulling back a little bit if he's not yeah. there. Whereas earlier in the year, you would have been, you know, you'd have been just like, hey, we got to have Gillis out there. He's got to play no matter if he's having a good game or not. Well, early because, in the year, it was first. Well, yeah. First was a stud. I should say after the, after the, yeah, the middle yeah. of the year, maybe. Um, so now you feel more comfortable with really more players out there. So 81-71 is your final. Uh, Good just a win. Great game. We have vanquished the beard. That's right. Uh, so Purdue moves on to the Sweet 16 uh, to take on the darling of the tournament that remains. So we are going to take a break, come back, talk about who St. Peter's is. Uh, if you don't already know, and then Casey and I are going to go on the record with our predictions for the Sweet 16 set for Friday the 25th. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back to look ahead to Purdue's Sweet 16 matchup against the St. Peter's Peacocks. So, Casey, quick... Quick question. Let's go. Do you know what conference St. Peter's is in? Oh, no. I know <laughs> I had to hear it today because I heard on a podcast of every conference it was in. 
Um, the Mac. What letters are those you're saying? Mac. Oh, now you Googled it, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I just scrolled up. I oh. was going to say the Moac. I don't oh, know see, if that's a no. thing. I don't think that is a thing. Okay. Uh, They're in the, the Metro, Metro, <laughs> Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Otherwise known as the Mac. Yes. Uh, could not name another team in that conference without looking at St. Peter's schedule, so do not ask me. But, okay, St. Peter's, they are the 15 seed, which normally – you're not playing a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. Uh, Purdue finds themselves the three seed playing the 15 after St. Peter's. Uh, thus far, this tournament defeated number two seed Kentucky, 85 to 79 in overtime, and then defeated number seven Murray State, 70 to 60. So Purdue, again, they're facing Cinderella, and let's hope the clock strikes midnight and Cinderella turns back into Cinderella, but with a less fancy dress um, and has to leave the ball. So Casey, we've seen uh, – we, I know we both watched a, a vast majority of these St. Peter's games. All season. Uh, yes, all season. <laughs> we, we of course, are subscribers to the MAC yeah. network, and we the watch Anatoly all the games. Center, that's where I get down. Yeah. I do my best work. Me too, me too. So uh, for those that do not know, uh, tell us a little bit about St. Peter's, maybe like a, a player we need to worry about or, or things of that nature. Shaheen Holloway. He's soon, their coach. Soon to be not their coach. <laughs> yeah, we assume he's going to get hired by uh, uh, Seton Seton Hall, Hall, right? We'll be hiring him immediately after this tournament wraps yeah, up. Yeah, probably 12 hours after his final uh, game. Maybe 12 hours. Because he, he went to, or he played at Seton Hall, correct? correct. Good coach. Um, I believe he's gotten them to the tournament twice now. That might be. No, I, I feel like that's right. But... Might be right. But honestly, yes, if you watch them play, uh, you guys are, you're going to see a stud. Casey Nadefo, who is a 6'7", senior, is a little bit of a do-everything defensive stud, um, good passer, decent scorer, can't really shoot, but is an uber athlete. He is, he is a block percentage of 12.6, which is the 10th best rate in the country. He also is a top 300 in steals forced. Um, he draws fouls on other teams. He gets to the line. He is a really good athlete that plays really, really hard. And he was single-handedly responsible for closing the athleticism gap between Kentucky and St. Peter's in that upset. Uh, They're guards, uh, smart players, patient. They run an offense. Um, They've done a really good job at not turning the ball over very much. If you've been watching these games, the the guy that always makes a shot late, it seems, is Doug Eater, a tiny, scrawny-looking white boy with a mustache. Yes, uh, the mustache has been talked about over and over and over. He looks – the thing about this team is, first of all, they play their ass off on defense. 28th best defense in the country, according to Ken Palm. They get after shots. They don't give you anything open. They guard the three-point line. They're allowing less than 30% shooting from three, which is fine for Purdue because we don't shoot threes anymore. (laughs) Right. Well, we do. We just don't make them. Yeah, not part of our game. We don't need them. Um but they also defend inside the arc. They're the fifth most effective team against effective field goal percentage. So we are keeping team shooting at a 44.1 effective field goal percentage. That's very, very, very low. That means they are challenging shots and making teams take 
tough shots. On the other end, we give up 49.2%. So a significant difference. Granted, they're doing that against very bad opponents. That's what mostly. I was going to say. You have to take into account level of competition, whereas we're playing you know, against the, the meat of the Big Ten. Uh, just a, a random sample here of the schedule that St. Peter's had throughout the regular season. Uh, Nyack College, mm-hmm. Quinnipiac, yep. Monmouth, Ryder, Canisius, uh, uh, Canisius Cornswallows. They're one of my favorite teams. Is that really what their mascot is? No. Dude, I don't know. They, the, I just <laughs> looked at their logo, and I have no idea what it is in the small it's ESPN It's a Cornswallow. It, they're, they're, literally, <laughs> they're literally the Golden Griffins. That's pretty cool. That is. I like that a lot. Um, pretty cool. But my point is, not exactly the murderer's row of, of opponents. So you could maybe be uh, forgiven for looking at those statistics that they have in Ken Palm and elsewhere and taking those with a grain of salt. We do like salt here at the Hammer and Rails podcast. Yeah, very salty. Um, so here, do you want optimism first or pessimism first? Let's go pessimism first. I like to end with a little optimism. All right. Pessimism is that when you watch St. Peter's play, they play with a purpose on offense. There is not a single lazy cut. They love they love running both their guards to the outside, a pretty normal, you know, coming off screen like they're going to catch the ball up at the wing. And then they just turn 180 degrees and cut back. And they did it against Kentucky and got some free baskets out of it. And they kept doing it to Kentucky and got free baskets out of it. And that's just really hard to defend because they do not waste emotion. They do it hard. They do it full speed the entire time. And the thing you notice, especially in that Kentucky game, when they needed a shot, they have to work so much harder because they have to be two steps ahead of, you know, these major athletes. Because if you're playing for Kentucky and you get behind by a half step, you're going to be able to catch up on these guys. But if they put you one move, two move, three moves, um, Eater especially was great at working an off ball screen, going around it cutting forward, coming back into it, staying tight to it, where they're pretty much running off the hip of the screener and just being able to create just enough space to get his shot off. He hit a couple daggers against Kentucky, hit a couple daggers against Murray State. You, They are so precise. Purdue really has to be on a string, playing with purpose on defense. And cont- they can't be lazy. They're going to give yeah. up easy baskets if they do. Purdue has been in the past. I thought Jaden Ivey... A lot better on defense. Yeah, especially when he ran down that Really turned up. Yeah. We've seen that before, but he was really turned up there in the Texas game. Seemed like he knew every possession now really does matter. And that's encouraging because these guys are going to test them consistently. Every time down the court, they're going to take their time and they're going to make Purdue work on defense. Is that enough negative or do you have more negative? Because you're bumming me out. That's all I got, really. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go straight into the positive? Because I I can... Okay. Let me give you some positive. Okay. So uh, the front court of the Peacocks, there are three guys who they rotate in. 6'7", yep. 6'7", six, seven, six, seven, and 6'7". I like that. How'd that work for Texas? It did not work well. So uh, the uh, center for Kentucky in the first round, 30 points and 16 rebounds. National player of the year. Uh, I love love that for us. And they also, uh, they struggle with defensive uh, free throw rate, 348th in the country. Yeah. So hopefully that means Purdue can get to the line quite a bit. 
you know, we have some vulnerabilities at the free throw line, of course, as we uh, just mentioned with a do, lot of... Do you think, Ledman, that these refs have the balls to call as many fouls against a much more likable St. Peter's team than they did Texas? Yeah, I think so. I think you do? So. Yeah. I have I, my doubts. Well, I, I also have doubts, but I think it's possible. Uh, one other thing I've got for you, St. Peter's is 199th in defensive rebound percentage. That's whereas, not going to be great. Whereas Purdue, 13th in offensive rebound percentage. So that is a bit of a mismatch there uh, that weighs greatly in Purdue's favor. So if you give Purdue multiple chances on the offensive end, chances are we are going to cash in. So I like those numbers that I shared. Is there anything else uh, that you have optimistic wise that I did not share there. Those are good. I like those. Those are all very relevant. I think those will all very much show themselves. I, I have so. a more overarching good vibe feeling to share. Okay. St. Peter's and Ken Palm is ranked 102 right now. Okay. This is after the Kentucky win, after okay. the Murray State so, win. So this is this is up to the minute. Current. So I'm assuming they were ranked even worse than that before those You games. would assume, yeah. You would assume okay. those two wins would push them up. Okay. So we have played some teams ranked. Around uh, that one, 102 area? Right around the 102 area. Okay. Uh, Minnesota's ranked 110. Oh, my. And Minnesota is very On bad. On the road, we won by 15. Okay. Another team, 139, Nebraska. Ooh, also very bad. We won by 27 points. Butler is 124. We won by 29 points. Yeah, we crushed Butler. Florida State, the closest ranked out of all these teams, 106 in the country. We won by 28 points. Yeah. A team ranked 100 or worse against us, every one of them has lost by at least double digits. Okay, I love this. I love this. Take that what you will. It's March Madness. We're supposed to be praying to Ken Palm, so here we right. are. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Yale, 146. Okay, good. Good little bit of info there. Um, so I was looking up St. Peter's uh, NCAA tournament history, and I was mm -hmm. trying to see, you know, how long um, Shaheen Halloway has been their coach. Four years. So he was not there the last time they went ah. to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the last time they went to the NCAA tournament, 2011, you know who they played? Was it Purdue. It was Purdue. Love it. Uh, they they played Purdue in the first round of 2011. Did we win? They, Purdue won. Score was 65 to 43. That was the year, of course, Purdue ran into the buzzsaw that was VCU oh, no. in the second round. Yeah. Don't like that. No, but of course, you know, VCU went on to go to the final four. So, so they say. Yay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was uh, good for VCU. But yes, that was the last time that that St. Peter's was in the NCAA tournament was they played Purdue and lost in the first round. So, so we got a rivalry going. Yeah, it's a real it's I mean, it's so strange that in the last two NCAA tournaments, they've played us. That's yep. just very weird. Um, just a weird coincidence. So. Uh, I, what are your, like, taking out the stats, taking out everything else, I mean, what is your general feeling about this game? Can't tell you that. That breaks a rule. Cause, oh, because you don't want to be optimistic? or Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, we talked about it earlier a little bit. I think we have the highest floor in the tournament, and I think having a high floor is what saves you from getting upset. Yeah. And our floor is literally seven foot four. Yes. Yep. Like, what are they going to do? 
yeah, legitimate I, I, question. I don't know. I mean, I, I just <laughs> it is it is hard to guard a guy like Zach Eady, and then when you solve Zach Eady, uh-huh. if you can, which is you know not uh-huh. exactly easy, then Trevion Williams comes in. Because what if, and I, I just it he's a he's a different player, and then you got to figure that out. Because what we saw is that Texas was going to swarm Edie early so he couldn't get the ball clean. Yeah, and he str- and he struggled at the start of the game he like did. you said those first those first 5 minutes. You know what you can't do? You can't swarm a big man who's capable of catching it at the three-point line and then backing you into the post. Yeah, right. And and Trey did that quite a few times. Cuz if you double off of that, you are literally inviting Mr. Big Man Passer to carve you up. Mm-hmm. So if you are at such a size advantage that you can't play one-on-one, which is what the Texas game came down to above everything else. They just, they knew they had to guard one-on-one to have any chance and they just couldn't do it in a way that they gave up 30 more free throws than they got. I don't see how that's any different for St. Peter's. Okay. It's a, it's an interesting thing because you, you, you know, you're the three seed. You never assume you're going to be playing, you know, the 15 seed or 12. What are they? 15 seed. Fifth. Uh, (laughs) Fifth. Team. You, you never assume you're going to be playing the 15 seed in the the Sweet 16. 102nd um, best team in the country. So, so it's – I'm just going to say this. I am confident in Purdue's ability to win this game, but I was also confident in Kentucky's ability to beat St. Peter's. Correct. Uh, you know, I in, but, our, in, in our Hammer and Rails bracket challenge, I picked Kentucky to win the whole thing. But – So, uh, I, you know, what but, do I know? we've seen Kentucky look really bad. Yeah, they've had lapses throughout the season. That is for sure. So floor, I'm talking right. floor. Yeah. So and then again, I, their worst loss before that was Notre Dame on the road. So you mean Kentucky's? Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Their floor. Yeah. Was still pretty high. Yeah. It's absurd. This team beat Kentucky. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those. If if these teams would play, you know, ten times, Kentucky would win nine. Oh yeah. But it was this one that St. Peter's found a way to win in overtime. Uh, you know, t- took it to overtime. And uh, walked away with a victory, and and that's what March Madness is all about. It's these moments where you know teams may, like I said, teams may play ten times, but it's the one, and you see a lot of that in March Madness, and that's how these upsets happen, and that's why it's that's why it's called March Madness. You just never know, you know, when a 15 seed reaches the Sweet 16, that's not supposed to happen. No, it's so it is so crazy that I think you and me should be there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So uh, for those that don't follow us on Twitter or have not seen, Casey and I uh, both approved as credentialed media for the game on Friday. Uh, so Casey will be flying in uh, to, to to BWI on Friday, and I will be picking him up at the airport, and we will be – Baltimore, assume... Wisconsin, baby. <laughs> Did you say Baltimore, Wisconsin? BWI. <laughs> yeah, that's not what that means. Oh. Uh. It's I gotta Balti- rebook my tickets. Yeah, it's Baltimore <laughs> Washington International Airport. That's the that's the BWI oh. for those listening at home. Uh, so we'll be dropping off some bags at my house here in Odenton, uh, which is outside of Baltimore, and then we will be heading to Philly and uh, go. We'll see where our seats are. Maybe we'll poach some better ones Yay. depending on the depending on the setup. And uh, so good case- luck, Sweet Sixteen, Levin. Good, good. So, good luck. you know, Casey and I will be in attendance. And then, you know, should Purdue be lucky enough to advance the Elite Eight, Casey we're gonna and I will do be, it again. We're going to be in attendance again. So uh, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. I want to give a special shout out to my wife, yes. who will be alone with our toddler Bless and uh, is is going to 
be doing bedtime all by herself uh, and dinner all by herself. So uh, shout out to her for agreeing to let me do mm-hmm. this. Uh, it's going to be fun for me. And might up be with a little, me. might be well, yeah, and for allowing Casey to stay at our house. <laughs> uh, might be a little hard for her, but she is a saint of a wife, and I love her very much. Uh, she stopped listening to this podcast months ago. I by was going to wonder. So, so she will, she unless she's upstairs right now uh, listening, she will never hear this. So uh, if you know my wife, uh, just send this to her. Somebody clip it out and send it to go. her. So uh, there we go. So I think all that's left, we've just got one bit of business left, Casey. Are you ready to make a prediction? I'm so ready. All right. So before we do that, I've pulled up the odds, okay, on DraftKings. I pulled them up. DraftKings. We so love you, baby. We, we can. for life. We can pick against the spread, and we can also do straight up. So I, I want to give you the current odds. Purdue, uh, 12.5, and over under 135.5. I'm going to I'm gonna definitely take the over. Yeah, I think the over is uh, like pound the over on that one for I me. Mean, but St. Peter's is definitely going to try to play slow. They played really slow against Kentucky. Yeah, but I mean, you know, granted that game went to overtime, but even even the Murray State game was 130, and that was pretty pretty slow. I mean, 70 yeah. to 60 in that 65 one. 65 possessions. Whew. The Purdue Texas game only 69. Yeah. Um, you want me to make my score? That 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 the portion of this yeah. uh, yep. this contest we're at. So, All right. Again, it's it's Purdue negative. How did we do last Purdue, week? Uh, I I have them right here. Uh, you said 74 to 67. I said 72 to 69. So with a final score of 81 to 71, uh, you know, we both picked the winner, but you were closer than I was. Yeah, you keep getting closer to the, the losing team score. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. You got that lockdown. You just not enough Purdue faith. Not enough confidence, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go. Uh, we're No reason to step off the strain. Um, Cinderella, uh, I don't know about daylight savings time and what all <laughs> yeah. exchange, but. Midnight's happening in Philadelphia on Friday night, and Purdue's going to win 86 to 68. Oh, boy, you are confident. That I is. Like uh, it. All right. Uh, I am also taking Purdue, you know, right, like you said, riding that train. I'm not going to hop off now. Um, I think Ethan Morton has another good defensive game, and I got to think at some point Sasha Stefanovic is going to start hitting again. This would I'm, be the game. Yeah, this would be a good one. Or, you know, if we win, the Elite Eight game would be great as well. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to pick Purdue as well, but let's uh, – I'm trying to calculate a good score in my head right now. Um, I will go 78 to 68. Okay. So uh, I will go another 10-point Purdue victory. So 78-68. Um, and remind me what you said because I'm taking notes. 86-68. 86-68. Okay. And I and I said 78-68, right? Did I, what did I say? I don't even remember now. I, mm-hmm. 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 We should definitely cut this part out. No, we're going to keep it in later. <laughs> we got this. Um, so there we we'll go. Listen, we'll just listen back tomorrow and find yeah. out. We'll take I'll a just, note. I'll just take another note. Uh, so there whatever we go. Ledman said before. Yeah. So there we go. Casey and I both picking Purdue uh, to, to head to the Elite Eight. As we said, we will be in attendance. So, uh, Casey, any final words before we head out? Oh, do I get to run up the steps? Yes, sure. Are they close? Uh, it's a few miles away from the Are they Are they long? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's not as long as you think. Good night, folks. There we go. <laughs> All right, boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.